Want to unlock your product career? Pragmatic Institute's Foundations course teaches product marketing and product management fundamentals and is the first step to becoming truly market-driven. And for a limited time only, we are offering 15% off of Foundations. You'll save $194 when you use code CYBER15, C-Y-B-E-R-1-5, CYBER15, during our Cyber Week sale. Don't miss out on this chance to break into your product career. Register for Foundations between November 20th and November 30th at pragmaticinstitute.com foundations. Hello, and welcome to the Pragmatic Product Chat series, where we tackle the biggest challenges facing today's product management, product marketing, and other market and data-driven professionals with some of the best minds in the industry. I'm Rebecca Calajaris for Pragmatic Institute and your host for this episode. And in my career, we're going to talk a little bit about who we're going to have on today, but in my career, I have launched, I don't know, scores of products, right? It is just a huge part of what we do in product marketing and in marketing. I love it. It's a challenge. I have I have lost sleep for them. I've had really successful ones. I've had ones that sort of... And as many as I have done in my career, there is one person who I regularly turn to for advice and for new ways of approaches and for keeping myself grounded on the right way to do launches. And this person is nice enough to be our guest today, who is Dave Daniels. Welcome, Dave. Well, welcome, Rebecca. Thank you. I That is the warmest welcome I think I've ever received in my whole life. And so I'll make sure my kids hear this so <laughs> yeah, they, know how recorded, to, right? they know how to greet me, uh, you know. When, <laughs> so no, thank you so much. For, now. <laughs> thanks so much for the kind words. Yeah, I uh, I just had this weird kind of, career where for some reason or another, no matter what job I had, I got thrown into some aspect of launching a product, whether I was a developer or a product manager or, you know, a product marketing, whatever. And, you know, over the years, you eventually get ground down like a pencil to a point where you go, hmm, that's not going to turn out like you think it's going to turn out. (laughs) Let me tell you why. So uh, glad to be here. So what are we going to talk about today? Oh, so we're going to talk about launches, right? And I think for the people who have not had the pleasure of working with you in the past or learning from you in the past, Dave, let's start by just giving sort of like the Dave Daniels origin story. Like if your launch is your superpower, how did you get here? Well, how did I get there? My first product launch was as a developer and we didn't have a product manager. And so we had to, we had marketing, but we didn't have that. So I had come from a job where I was a sales engineer. And so they knew they could dress me up and, and take me out in front of people and I could eat with a fork and that was, that was all good. <laughs> and so they got me involved and it turned out okay. And I, I'd learned something. And then eventually I found myself going from development into a uh, product management role where, of course, we had no product marketing managers. We had marketing, but no PMMs. And so, you know, I had to do it all. I had to manage, you know, the backlog, prioritize it, because, you know, God forbid we didn't have product owners in that time in my career. 
And so eventually, you know, I, I made mistakes. I got some things right. And then the next time they said, well, okay, you did it once. So you get to do the next one. You and now then own it. You get, to do, you, you get to do the next one. And, and so little by little, they got better and better. And I learned more. I still made mistakes. I mm. learned from those mistakes. And from those evolved a way of thinking about how to launch a product. So which eventually evolved into a methodology, approach, a philosophy, if you will, that product launches are about outcomes. They're not about outputs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And too many organizations focus on the stuff and not the why. And so I focus on the why. Why are we doing this? What do we hope to gain? How are we going to measure success? Really? Or can you actually measure that? Right. And bring some reality to that thought process in a structured way that, you know, I think makes a lot of sense for a lot of people. At least that's what they tell me anyway. Well, and it's it's this philosophy that became the the core of our launch class, right? You had a course at the mm-hmm. time. This was this was before me, which we all know is, you know, before Rebecca at Pragmatics, a very long time. BR. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so it became the core of our launch course. And you and I have had the pleasure of working a couple different stints while you came, we worked with Pragmatics. So it's been a good time. And now I know that you spent a long time as a Pragmatic instructor, but what are you up to now? Yeah, a long time. I uh, Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I, uh, I have this thing called Braincraft and it focuses on helping companies you know, put some structure in my way of thinking around how to launch products. And I, and I refer to it as the core of it as the three C's or it's collaboration, coordination, communication, hmm. because a product launch isn't just a marketing activity. It's not about a campaign or lead gen, although all those things are part of it. Yeah. It's really about the governance, the expectations, you know, the focus on what we're trying to accomplish and making sure that people are working in as a cohesive team. Because it's, I often say to executive leaders that a launch may very well be the biggest cross-functional initiative your company participates in with the exception of an acquisition. Yeah. Yeah. Particularly a new product something you've never sold before. And yeah, so that's that's what we're doing at Braincraft. We're helping people launch products and make more money. Well, first of all, those are good goals, right? But one of the things I, I really liked when we were talking about this is, you know, in our launch class, we talk a lot about really focusing and understanding the strategy of your launch, right? And what you're trying to accomplish. And one of the rules there, one of the things you're always like, you know, is launch is not a checklist, right? Launch is a strategy. Mm-hmm. And I totally believe that. But I... Also, having run a bunch of launches, including at Pragmatic, you do end up with, I would never show it to you because it looked like a checklist, but it's not, but there, but it's a, there is a process to it, right? A process that you continue to refine. There is an operationalization of a launch that is really important to a launch success, right? And I think one of the things with Braincraft you're, you're focusing on is, is that piece. How do I create the systems and the roles and the processes that not only ensure a successful launch one time, but that this is an organization who's got like launch muscles built up that they can use that's right. repeatedly. Yeah, that's right. It's so you you launch with some degree of predictability and the rest of the organization understands it. 
<laughs> and, you know, you're not doing things through heroics. Not that heroes aren't important. Don't, no, no, 100%. Can't be, you can't scale through heroics. And so you've got you've to have a balance between a structure of how you're going to do things, a methodology, but it's not so rigid that you have to leave your brain at the door. Yeah, yeah. Right. Now, I think one of the one of the areas where we get we get balled up as product marketers is, you know, we all have this notion of launch tiers and launch tiers originate because Rebecca is launching a product and it's a tier one and it's super strategically important and everything. <laughs> Fancy. And and she gets all the resources and uh, she's going to get a press release and she's going to get all <laughs> these other things. Right. And then I'm launching a product and it's a tier three and I don't get nothing. You know, I get a PowerPoint and, you know, and a sticker. So the point is, is as product marketers, and I think this comes from more of the Marcom side of the house, the corporate marketing side of the house, where we try to create packages. So a tier one is a package, a tier two is a package, a tier three is a package. And sometimes... When you go into new product categories or new markets you've never served before, the tiers just fall apart because the packages don't work. Now, will there be some common things? Yes, of course. You know, I got to double check my messaging. I got to double check my sales deck. I've got to do those kind of things. Of course, those are repeat items. And if you want to put those as part of your bill of materials for a launch, fine. But you can't be so myopic that you go, wait a minute, buyers in this market are expecting a different set of things than the ones we're familiar with. I'm going through that right now with a client. It's like selling to individual contributors versus selling to their boss's boss. It's they care about different things and they need a different set of information to make a buying decision. Well, and that's a really good way of thinking about it, right? Because you're not really building them again, a list or a checklist, because it's not one size at all, but you are building them a toolkit, right? A, a mm-hmm. set of things and processes that you can go, okay, knowing what we're doing with this launch and who it's for, here are the pieces we're going to pull. And if the organization has awareness of those, everything gets smoother, right? Because the, the launch has right. everything is, as you said, it's so cross-functional and interconnected that if every time it's totally different or every time it's the individual hero who's making it the organization can't as a whole doesn't get stronger right and that's really what i think you're you're correct. working on lifting the whole piece and i think that's just great correct well you know let me give you another scenario let's say you have multiple business units with different product lines now we've got our partners in corporate marketing on the lead gen side and the campaigns and etc and they're going We've got three different groups doing it three different ways. This is insanity. And it's very difficult for us to prioritize our resources because we don't have an unlimited set of resources. Right. I mean, the CEO doesn't allow us to say, okay, we're going to load up with some more digital experts and some, mm-hmm. yeah, I, it just doesn't work that way. Yeah. All right. So I, I like was thinking about like in the beginning, I was doing that humble brag that I've done scores of launches. And then I just thought to myself, like, oh, man, Dave's seen hundreds. You've talked to hundreds, hundreds. of companies, if not thousands, thousands of people, right? Of people about their launches. You've worked with them in a bunch. And so, I mean, that's just a, a it's just like a great research pool. Right. So there's mm-hmm. no question that you've seen 
some really common mistakes <laughs> and oh, some that yeah. even you've been talking about and teaching about for a long time that we continue to make. Um, oh, yeah. And yeah. So let's it's talk a, a little bit about thing. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing because we keep making the same mistakes over and over because the people who've learned the mistakes move on to other roles and then they bring new people who make those mistakes all over again. But really, there's a couple of things. You asked me that question ahead of time. I wanted to think about it. I think one, I did mention already that, you know, a product launch, particularly for a new product or an existing product in a new market, has a lot of unknowns, right? So there's a lot of variability. And so it's easy to make mistakes. And it's a big cross-functional initiative. But I think other than the obvious big problem, and the obvious one is you have poor product market fit. Mm. Uh, in other words, you've got a lot of work that went into something that there's no willingness to pay for. There's right? nothing I can do to help you then. <laughs> there's nothing. You, you cannot put enough lipstick on that pig, you know? No, it's just, no. no. Don't waste your money. Well, let's, let's talk about a couple of other things and just sort of give you the short list. The first one is a complete lack of clarity on what the launch objectives are. Why are we doing this in the first place? And when I mean objectives, I mean a quantifiable, we want to see this and here's how we're going to measure it within this period of time, right? It's everybody you, you share that with, stakeholders and other people on the launch team, they go, I understand what, why we're doing this and how success is going to be measured. The next one has to do with hubris. And that is underestimating your obstacles and over inflating your advantages. Oh, you mean we're not amazingly everything we touch? Exactly. So what, yeah. what we wind up doing going, hey, we've done this before. You know, we're smart people. We can't do anything wrong. And then, <laughs> then you find out otherwise. Or, oh yeah, those aren't problems at all. You know, we, we have a few little issues to deal with, but eh, we'll figure it out. You know, the smart people look at the obstacles and go, okay, if that actually, will that, what's the probability of that happening? And if it does happen, how will it impact us? Hmm. So that was the other one. The other one is what we've already talked about, inconsistent processes and governance. So that, you know, we get it out the door through heroics, not because we have a consistent, repeatable, reliable methodology. And the final one is focusing on outputs instead of outcomes. And that really connects back to the, the first thing I talked about, which is having clearly defined objectives. If you know what oh. your objectives are, then you can bake that into, well, what should our deliverables and activities become? I and mean, what are they? So we're not just building stuff because it's on a list of bill of materials for a tier one launch. And well, we have to have this deliverable or we can't launch. I'm like, why? Uh, no buyer will ever look at it or ask for it. <laughs> well, but it's on the list. I'm like, okay, it's not on the list now. Take that one off. So moving on. And that's it. Not having clearly defined objectives, underestimating your obstacles and overinflating your advantages, not having a consistent process supported by a methodology and proper governance. And then the fourth one is a focus on stuff rather than, you know, actual outcomes. And I think what is so interesting about kind of the space you play in BrainCraft is that combination of 
you need to think about process. Often process then people have a tendency once they start to focus on process to think of outputs, right? So you do a great Mm -hmm. job of helping them with the process, which is so important, but without losing sight of the fact that the process has to lead to outcomes and not outputs, right? And really that combination of the two. And the other thing, so we can talk a little bit more about what you do at BrainCraft, because one of the other things I know that you do is, is it's when we're in the middle of a launch, right? We're in that like high stress zone where we're like kicking butt because we're feeding off that and we're doing things and we're thinking we got to remember and like make a process for next time, right? Mm-hmm. But you're busy. Mm-hmm. Everyone, all of your resources are- Yeah, we'll get to that. Well, forward, we'll get to that. Right? And so I think the idea that you can come in and help build process around like why we're in flight, I'm going to build process that you can use next time in a way that moves you forward now. It doesn't slow you down. Because right now, if it was if, if I don't have someone to help, I don't have the time to, in my head, it doesn't feel like it, to systematize because I just need to go forward. So talk mm-hmm. a little bit about how you help organizations with that. Yeah. It's like. Yeah, we have, we have basically two approaches. There are basically two buyers. One buyer is panicked Paul, who's going, oh no, we have a launch coming up and we are totally screwed. Right. I've That's that Paul. one. I may You've have been Paul. Paul. <laughs> I've probably been too. So for that, we have something called product launch intensive and you describe it. It's we're painting the plane while we're flying it. So we, we swoop in, we provide the guidance to create the cohesion in the launch team, help clients understand, you know, what the, what the core requirement of launch team is and then what the extended team looks like, and then put some governance in place so that there's a cadence in how this team works together while introducing the methodology. Mm. So we don't Mm -hmm. say, well, you're, you have to stop everything you're doing and (laughs) you might as well push this out six months because, and they're looking at you like you're from Mars, right? So that we call that the launch intensive because it is intense. We're spending a lot of time together and we're helping you through that process while building the structure behind us. And so the whole goal of that is so that the next time you do a launch, you have the governance, you have the infrastructure, you know what the collaboration tools are, right? It's already been defined. And you don't have to like, oh, what did we do the last time that worked so well? And we always end all of those engagements with a, uh, a retrospective to make mm. sure that people understand this is what worked. This is what didn't. This is what we need to change. This is what we need to stop doing and so forth and, and celebrate the wins. Then the other one is if you have the vision and the foresight and you go, we're going to be launching a product in, I don't know, six, nine, 12 months out, and we are completely unprepared to do it. Then we have what we call the launch accelerator, which is taking the, we have a little bit more time and we don't have that urgency of get the product out the door where we can build that in and incorporate changes to shape the methodology to the contours of a client's business. Nice. And what kind of contour today? (laughs) I know you guys can't see it, but I came on video and he also does a great little like hand gesture every time he says the word contour. Contour, I don't think he like if I told him he couldn't use his hands, I'm not sure he could use the word. No way. I'm I'm holding my hands now. (laughs) So as you work with clients here, tell me a little bit about like what kind of success you've seen 
some stories of like, man, this was super satisfying for me and them because look at look at what was achieved. Well, I won't name names because that wouldn't be cool. But no. I got some really nice feedback the week of this recording. And it was uh, a client who said, two months ago, we were talking about launching a new product and everyone in, in the leadership team told us we were, we were crazy, mm. never going to happen. And now they're in the throes of making it happen and it's going to happen. And the leadership of the organization is going, I don't know what you're doing, but just keep doing it because it's working. Yeah. That's awesome. That's one. Then there's, then there's those that surprisingly, we put the structure in place and then we shake hands and we think we're done. And then they call us, I know you helped us and we got all this structure in place and everything, but couldn't you help us with the next one? We kind of, we feel like we could use your help again. And so I'm beginning to see that more and more. That's from my standpoint, a good thing. Don't get me wrong. That's more business for me, but they do agree that, yeah, the infrastructure is in place, but the confidence of the team may not be there, or maybe there's a new team. Maybe there's a different part of the business. And you know, what's interesting, Rebecca, one one of the things I've discovered is how important the PMO is in this process. Mm, Yeah. I'm going to go on record as saying for many years, because of maybe my personal experience, I always thought of the PMO as a room full of project managers that you could snag when you needed a project manager, right? Because you hated to do, you know, Microsoft project or whatever tool you're using (laughs) in charts and smart sheets, whatever it is. And you're like, I hate that stuff. So I'll go get a project manager. And you knock on the door and, you know, you pick a number, you get a project manager. Well, the program management office is a whole different level. And I'm learning a greater appreciation Mm. for that their job is about instituting that process and methods and tools across an organization. And so that's what really got me shifted into thinking about methodologies and governance and collaboration and all of those C words that I use and control, not coordination and communication, because they don't want to learn how to launch a product. They want to learn how to implement the process of launching a product Mm -hmm. and make sure it's done consistently across all business units so that their company can grow and scale. Yeah. And if that muscle exists, uh, you know, as you build that muscle, then it becomes more standardized, which means you have more energy and time to focus on the differences and the strategic differences between launches, right? Because the... Correct. But you want to call it noise, but it's not, it's like, it's critical, right? Those pieces though, have a smoother flow for sure. So I've, I've known you for years and I've known about Braincraft for years, but I actually don't know, Dave, why you call it Braincraft. And it's Braincraft with a K. Do you be out there looking for it? <laughs> yeah. Well, where did, where did the name come from? Well, as you may, maybe you don't know, but I used to have an, a company called Launch Clinic. And Launch Clinic was actually acquired by Pragmatic. I do know. And as part of that, I had to give over all the intellectual property to Pragmatic, but Pragmatic was going to pay me. And so some money for doing this, right? I had what they we love to call in, in the business an exit. I had an exit. Yeah. And so I had to come up with an entity that could receive payment. Well, how do I do that? How do I do that? Oh, I'll just 
do it again, you know, go down to the whatever office is, do the LLC thing and all that. But I needed a name. I'm like, oh, God, I'm all tapped out of names. <laughs> and, I, and I just started this. A good friend of mine years ago had a creative agency called Square Radius. You can't have a radius in a square, right? So they were, they were deliberately dissonant. I'm like, well, I need to come up with something like that. So I started thinking, I started thinking, and somehow I got stuck on brain and I did what everybody else does. They go to GoDaddy and start doing searches, right? <laughs> and, and eventually I came up with BrainCraft uh, with a K because the, I have German heritage and I thought, I'm going to spell it with a K. Right. And because I'm never going to use it again. Right. It's, right. It's just set up for the purposes of receiving effectively royalties. And so it was born and it's evolved to its meaning is, is the evolution of expertise and creativity. Mm. Right, it's that combination of those two things. It's that and expertise, meaning you have knowledge and experience mm. and wisdom and the craft part is just being creative, right? Solving problems in a simple way that people understand it quickly, almost to the way where they go. Now that you explained it, I, I can't believe I didn't come up with that. Right, yeah. Right, right. Why didn't I think of that? And that's what I pride myself in, in making sure that me and my team do that. So, so it's sort of the arts and science, which we, we always talk about that a good product management, product marketing, a launch. It is a combination of arts and science, yeah, right? It's left it's, brain, it's right brain. Yeah. Yeah. The, you know, it's creative problem solving. It's thinking outside the box, but it's also understanding and appreciating the importance of structure and governance and rigor, right? Yes, absolutely. Very clever. Very clever. Uh, excellent. All right. So if someone at Prag who's gone to Pragmatic Launch and learned lots of great stuff in there, it's a great course. If you haven't mm -hmm. attended that, I highly recommend it. It has some really great tools for particularly, I think, defining the objectives of a launch. But if someone's like... It's I had a little bit to do with that. Yeah. Yeah. Take a look at it. But yeah, no, it's it's a great piece. But if they're thinking, you know what, this is great, but I need, I either need some more assistance or my company would maybe move faster if I had third party come in and say, you know, you know, it's the power of the consultant who comes in and says what you've been saying all the time, but it's great. Mm -hmm. uh, how are they going to find you? How are they going to learn more? Well, learn more. We've created a landing page. Okay. How, how simple is that? So you can go to braincraft.com slash pragmatic. How simple is that? That's perfect. Brain, brain is in that thing in your head and craft with the K, K-R-A-F-T dot com slash pragmatic. So go there. There's a landing page. You'll be able to get some stuff. And one of the things that I'm making available to everybody at- Good goodie at, for no Halloween. Love it. For, thanks for listening. Is I have a launch methodology worksheet. So it takes this methodology I'm talking about and it is a spreadsheet, so it's in Excel, and it, it has the flow all the way down, but I snuck in a racy on the right-hand side. So you can Whoa. have all the different stakeholders over there and who's involved in what and who's informed and who does the work and all like that. 
and it's been tested at a couple of companies. So it's uh, it's, it's working like, really well. It's a great way to start putting some processes and structure around your launches, right? So that it becomes more right. And it's a it's a great tool to give away to the listeners. And I appreciate that, Dave. You're very welcome. Yes. And we have, there'll be links on that page. Like you can go and become a free member of BrainCraft and there's other worksheets and templates, you know? Mm-hmm that are very complimentary actually to the launch class and also to the market class. So there's some good stuff there. Excellent. I know a little bit about the market class. Too. Yes, you know that. About. <laughs> All right. So we talked about lots of different things today, Dave, as we always do when you and I chat. If you could get our listeners to do two things differently tomorrow about launches based on what we talked about today, what would that be? Step one is wherever you are in your launch planning process, stop and define your objectives, right? Now, I have adopted a, a, a technique from our mutual friend, Mark Stiving. Uh, yes. And he has this concept called win, keep, and grow mm. when it comes mm-hmm. to pricing, right? And how to set your pricing based on whether you're trying to win new customers, keep the customers you won, or grow the customers you keep. And so I follow that same kind of thinking. So it's win, keep, grow. I just extended it by one called steal because we like Mm -hmm. to steal customers from our competitors and make sure you're very clear. It's using win, keep and grow is a nice way to frame your objectives. Are we trying Mm -hmm. to win new customers? Are we trying to keep the customers we want? Are we trying to grow the customers we keep? And sometimes you're trying to do all three And your peanut butter's just spread too thin on the bread, right? So think about one or two really important objectives that would define success for the majority of your stakeholders in the organization and and communicate that, so socialize those objectives so they understand what they are and, and why they're important. And then the second one would be to go to my landing page at braincraft.com slash pragmatic. There you go. <laughs> Short and sweet. All right, Dave, as always, it is a pleasure to to hear from you and listen to your latest thinkings on launch planning. It's always beneficial. So I appreciate it. It is my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. All right. That does it for today's episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And don't forget to join us next week when we tackle another great topic designed to help you elevate your product, your company, and your career. <laughs>